It's another day that the Lord has kept us. I'm Ron. I'm Mike. <laughs> and welcome back to Pew Babies, your apostolic young adult podcast. Uh, Mike, it's been a day. It's been a week. It's been yes, a- it has. It has. It's been a <laughs> month already. It's been a year already. It's like, been a- I can't believe like we're all, we're like, over halfway through the year we only got like one more quarter left of this year and that is so wild it's like the days has gone by so fast yes lord so how last week you talked about you had a wedding that you fitted for how did that go yes so the wedding went really good you know i was like all my close friends know i was having much anxiety about this wedding like i was Mm -hmm. freaking out uh Mm -hmm. days before over the most smallest thing but like the wedding went off like everybody was in love with the tuxedos of course i was tired like by the time i left because i literally spent three hours steaming tuxedos but um everything went really good guys look really good they represented my brand well and it was just so amazing to see that was my first big wedding party and to see all of that in action like that was just so surreal i love that i feel a little bit more comfortable about taking on wedding parties now so that's awesome so since you heard that we have (laughs) um the birth season's coming up that's the time where a lot of people start getting engaged so keep in mind that the m corporate collection um is taking wedding parties (laughs) we are and um yeah how was your somebody just celebrated a birthday how was your birthday? Yes. My birthday was really good. So, like, my birthday is August 6th. Mm-hmm. August 5th, mm-hmm. we had a historical event. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. We're going to talk about it. The sweet tea party happened on August 5th. So, it like, is, so... I don't know. You know, I guess Are we recording of... live, in, live in Montgomery next year? That would be so much fun. <laughs> Oh, oh man that would be so much fun so i'll save that for when we talk about it later but i was just like so wound up and excited by that and then it was great like we went to um you know my favorite team is the philadelphia eagles go birds so we went to a public practice then i went to a game i went to a concert so i've been doing a lot of things here or there for my birthday so it's been a great i'll say birthday month i'm so glad to hear that Thank you so let's get started with our opener this week so i struggled for a long time to figure out what this was called and it's like basically a gospel tournament where they put things that's what it's called where they put rankings between each other so it's a gospel tournament that's what we're calling this new opener and new segment so this week is going to be fred hammond uh <laughs> why you put your face like that right <laughs> are you a fan of fred or he has some hits that i like so um i don't want to say that i'm not a fan i just want to say that i don't know as many songs and you know his repertoire but i i know like the i know i know the main ones like i i know i know enough to get to get through this game probably so let me ask you this should fred have been on the reunion tour that's coming this fall you know what although Although I, I didn't grow up a fan of Fred. <laughs> You're like struggling to find I, I think that Fred should be on his reunion. So because I mean, during the 90s, you couldn't have 90s gospel, despite how I feel. You mm-hmm. couldn't have 90s gospel without Fred Hammond. Like, yeah. 
you just couldn't like you couldn't have 90s guy without fred john p key has i would definitely go to a concert tour even if it was just fred john p key and fred and has guy walker mm-hmm. like i totally would go on the tour because they were like the beast of the 90s for right. mainstream gospel so and i mean he even started with commission mm-hmm. like here's the debate because i don't like marvin Sapp. Sorry. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> For a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is because I feel like his voice is so similar to Fred Hammond's. Mm. And like he joined the group later. So I felt like he like snatched his like mm-hmm. vocal style. But mm-hmm. that's just me and my bias. Anyway, so here's the tournament. The first one. Um, we're blessed. Okay. Versus no weapon. Bless, we're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Okay. Jesus be a fence versus Fred's version of this is the day. Ah, man, now this is a hard one, actually. I'm going to have to go with this is the day. This is the day still kind of rocks out. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is the day. Last one. Glory to glory or you are the living word. You are the living word. Okay. I guess I got to do one more. Let the praise begin, or when the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. Wow, now you're really backing me into a corner because I haven't heard either one of those songs in like 20 years. Um, Let the praise, are you ready for your play? When the spirit of the Lord comes into my heart, I will dance. Like uh, they are both really good. <laughs> I'm going to have to go, I will dance. Um, just because it takes me back to like our national youth choir and the organization I grew up in. We was you we used to sing that back in two thousand one. And when we get to that part, I will dance. Yeah. Shoulder links dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay. So in the spread of blood. All right. So we're blessed versus this is the day. As strongly as I feel, because this is the day is like one of my favorite songs by like Fred Hammond all the time, but I have to go with We're Blessed in the City. Okay. You are the living word versus when the spirit of the Lord. You are the living word. You are the living word. Sorry. Yeah, that'll get you. Okay. We're blessed versus you are the living word. We're blessed in the city. Okay. All right. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? (sighs) Yeah, I think you chose. We're blessed is always going to be a classic out of all of this. It's like a good. You know how Kevin Johnson is doing like the choir rehearsal with friends? I feel like that's a song that like if you just gathered a group of people mm-hmm. randomly that grew up in church and was like, we're just going to put together a choir. That's the song you just pull out. And I love songs like that. Yeah. I mean, and we're blessed. I mean, even though it's a song, it's from the 90s, like we're blessed. It just takes me back to church in the early 2000s. Like, and I'm sorry, but once he hits that late in the midnight hour, mm-hmm. God's going to turn it around. That's just a tear the church up. Like, and around and church around. Used to, <laughs> church got caught up on that and around and around. <laughs> we love merry go rounds. Like, I was like, <laughs> definitely going to go around and around. Um, So I have one more question for you for an opener. Sorry. But I sent you a TikTok earlier this week because you know I love TikTok mm-hmm. and so the question that was raised in the TikTok was what counts as a body in church so we know in the world when you have sexual relations with someone I guess or you're in a relationship with someone then that's considered a body 
I guess. Right? Am I right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was under the impression that a body was considered someone that you had had sex with. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. But obviously, as saints, <laughs> we're supposed to be keeping our bodies at the temple. Being chasing. Yeah. Chasing. And um, yeah, I ain't had no sex. That's the way we're supposed yeah. to testify. Okay. I, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I bring that up so much. And they said homegirl is married now. So Oh, yes, yeah. that's great. So she's having all the sex she wants. Amen. She should mm-hmm. she did it the right way. God bless yeah. her. Um, but yeah, so obviously we're not allowed to do that. So I guess the question would be in the church world, what would you consider to be a body? Like how would it be defined? Mm. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> when you're talking to a young I don't lady know. on your church bike, if she says and you're like, yeah, so how many people have you talked to in this church? See, that's when I would kind of like probably consider, can I, can I be honest? Yes, of course. Can I, can I say something where like, so this is for, if you have children in the car right now or children, you know, around, please fast forward past this part or ask them to leave. Uh-oh. Cause I feel like we consider people a whole differently in church than we consider them a whole like outside the church like i think when we consider people we like give them that label outside church we do consider the people that's like slept around and been passed from bed post to bed post but i feel like when i've heard people get that label both men and women in church is because they have like slid in the dms on that person or they have quote unquote talked to multiple people before Mm -hmm. not necessary so i think for like i've considered that like if y'all like exchange numbers and y'all have con- had consistent conversations for over a week or so. Okay. Then that's a body. That's a body. What about you? <laughs> in church, like in church. In church. You know, yeah, in yeah, church. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people in church, you know, have bodies, bodies, but yeah, they have real bodies. They have they the have, bodies. They have the, <laughs> the broken body. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, no, I think it's different for like church women because once I find out like one of my fellow sisters has like talked to somebody on that kind of level, I'm kind of like, ooh, sis, like that's your body and I could never get with that body. If And it's it's sad to say that, but it's true. Like as soon as somebody says somebody slid in her DMs or something like that, and I was like, ooh, he was in mine too. Ooh, I'm backing off. Like that's, it's immediate. So, and I hate to put it that way, but that's just how it goes. Like if somebody has shown interest in one of my fellow sisters, just the interest itself, I think sometimes kind of forecloses. Like that's, that's your body, sis. Like right, I ain't getting involved right. because I don't know, like church relationships are just so like their oddities right like we're kind of like dating to marry things like that so there was something about this woman that you felt like I want well hopefully you felt like you wanted to approach her because like she was marriage material for you and if that's the case then I don't want to get involved in that. I don't know I don't know I just feel like I remember there was somebody that I knew of well I knew them I knew them and we were at this conference right mm-hmm. at this conference I'm not gonna give the location or anything because I feel like this specific. <laughs> it's but. too oh yeah, world's too small. And so the person like 
Like the person kept, they were talking to one person at this one conference. So this one conference was maybe in April. Mm-hmm. And then in July was talking to somebody completely different. And then by the end of the year was talking to somebody completely different. And when we sat down and we, you know, kind of laid it all out on the table, you know, get asking the whys behind why are you, you know, so pressed. Mm-hmm. Their reason was, well, I'm trying to hurry up and get married and have children. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so I, I don't know, like, do you... How does how, as a woman like if you're like how does how does that work? Do you just kind of vet these men out to see which one is gonna kind of be fit the mold of what you think you know that's gonna look like for you as far as somebody that you can marriage material or because like they was literally labeling this girl like it was like she get around yeah and again like I'm assuming get around meant probably more so that she get around because she was talking, talking. actively talking to like different because she was literally sitting with this guy and I didn't mean to say she, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, she was sitting with this guy at, at at this one conference, and then the next few months later, she was sitting over here with this guy. And then she was mad. This guy went and texted her back. So it was just like one of these things yeah. where okay, so like. It's a problem because we're supposed to like date. You're supposed to like go out, meet people, get to know them in an intentional setting. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to do that. So we shouldn't villainize people for that. But I do think like the saints take things too far when they're dating. Like keep it under wraps. Like y'all make it seem like y'all a married couple already. Like why are you sitting next to them in church? (laughs) Like sis, like keep your distance, talk under wraps, like, you know, and then when things start progressing to a place where it needs to be said that y'all are together, y'all are item and y'all. And to me, like, I'm the type of person that I'm gonna have a hard launch and the hard launch is gonna be like, hey, y'all, I'm popping out married. Like, it's not- Look, honeymoon. (laughs) It's my honeymoon. (laughs) What is already over? What is already over? (laughs) First kid. And I'm going to turn the comments off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's going to be like, Odorana had a baby. She had had a well log. No, y'all. I've been married. Like, we've been married for like a year or six months already. Stop it. Mm. (laughs) Let me follow up with this question. And I don't, I don't want this. this, I don't think the topic tonight is marriage, but um, is there a monkey see, monkey do spirit running? running prevalent in the pentecostal and well when i say pentecostal let me focus on the apostolic church because i don't necessarily know that i see this in like our coaching brothers and sisters or mm-hmm. anything like that but i do see a pattern amongst our smaller apostolic entities mm-hmm. where one pops up married and then we all get married you know mm-hmm. Like, is this a trend? Do you think that this is this is this is because I genuinely want to get married, or is this gen- is because monkey see, monkey do, and I feel like this one has led the trend of getting married. So let me jump on board and get married too. I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who have genuine relationships, and hopefully, you don't rush your genuine relationship because you see other people getting married. But then I think there's other people too that are just like we talked about them before. People just are burning. They're just like, well, I just want to be married. It, it does as long as this person does this, this, and this. As long as they have like a pathway to leadership in the church, or or they mm. consistently go, or a they pathway to leadership in church. My like, God, I mean, there's there's reasons and motivations behind people don't they don't even necessarily have to have a consistent job. You know, there's different priorities in church that people look at Mm. rather than what the world looks at. So I think, yeah, no, 
And then that's the thing too, is like as saints, like I'm gonna be honest, like once my friends get married, I can't hang out with them. Like you don't have the same, you can't have the same conversations. You you just can't, you know, I don't know how people in the world are with them. Like I guess a lot of my friends in the world are also single, but you know, once people are married, you can't really get that same. And no. they talk about their spouse all the time and they want to be around spouse. And, you know, I think there's like a jealousy there or like a, I want to be married too. And so people just run, run into it, I guess. I don't know. It's all interesting. Body count in church is interesting. <laughs> How these relationships get so serious so fast. It's interesting. <laughs> and uh. we just haven't learned all right we'll leave that there it'll probably be discussion for another time but anyway church announcements praise the lord everybody praise the lord praise the lord again we just want to welcome you to another episode of the pew babies podcast your apostolic millennial podcast we discuss all things here whether it's mental health it's spiritual health or we just want to just shoot the breeze you can just find us here on your favorite podcast streaming um, service you can catch us on apple Podcasts. you can catch us on spotify stitcher premium stitcher or if you have Unfortunately, if you have an Android phone, you can catch us on Google Podcasts. (laughs) I'm joking. So we have quite a few announcements that we want to kind of get into tonight. I wanted to hurry up and jump in and get out. I want to bring some things to your attention so you guys may govern yourselves accordingly. All right. Our first announcement says, please pray for Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. And that's all that that announcement said. Just keep her in your prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Fannie Willis, a pastor indicted alongside Trump in Georgia election meddling case. Among those indicted in Georgia on Monday alongside Trump was a retired pastor from a Lutheran church, Missouri Sinan denomination, who was charged with crimes in connection to efforts to intimidate an election worker. Up until at least this weekend, Lee served Living Word Lutheran Church in Orland Park, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. He preached at the church as recently as Sunday as when he delivered a sermon focused on the book of Job. Wow. Any thoughts there? So he was intimidating someone at the polls. Intimidating somebody at the polls. There's so much to discuss here because we just got Trump's mugshot. And I just, it's like we live in a Black Mirror episode. Like this can't Mm. be real. Like what is life right now? And like, I was watching it with my dad when he like, when they posted the mugshot and I was just like, watch him like take this and put it on shirts. And people will buy it because capitalism and like, of course, it's America. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to get all this publicity when this man is literally facing felony charges. These are very serious charges. Like you literally refuse to give up the election. You are literally, literally fighting against democracy. <laughs> like, literally. It's absurd. And am I surprised that a pastor got involved in this? No, because we know that the Republicans consist of a lot of conservative Christians. And it's funny, Mike, because I watched the Republican presidential debate. And, you know, there are people who are not as loony as the others. You know what I mean? But why is Trump still leading in the polls? There were eight people on that stage. 
and Trump in the Republican polls was still beating them when he was not even president he was facing charges like that's crazy that's one two six of them said Chris Christie so like he was like six and a half because he like raised his hand at first out of peer pressure and then he decided to change his mind which was annoying but like six of them said that if trump was nominated as the democratic party representative they would back him which is insane to me like if we can back someone who has been charged with felonies then every person who has a criminal record that has like a potential felony, they should be able to vote. Like you all should be registered. And I'm gonna just go ahead and say this, if you are convicted, because we know this man did what he did. <laughs> so, I mean, I know it's innocent until proven guilty, but we all saw what he did. We all saw that he refused. He lied to the people and said he still he won did. the election. We all witnessed it. So like this man is about to be a convicted felon. And I don't know if that changes whether he can run or not. I don't know this the background of electoral like law. So sorry about that. But if he can still run as a convicted felon, then every felon in the prison should be able to register to vote. And I whether he does that or not, I still feel that way about like our prisoners being able to vote because they're still part of our society. They are. But yeah like this is just too much and like i said am i surprised that a pastor got involved with this no the fact that he's still preaching on the pulpit and active am i shocked no am i shocked that he chose the book of job and talked about how people lost everything but god's going to give them double because that's what he's going through right now no i'm not shocked because that's what people do so like you said we have certain people to pray for we're gonna pray for that da we're gonna hope that this case goes through and we get convictions because this is insane and we really live in a joke like it's really a joke that has turned into a horrible nightmare and i just wish we would get out of it yeah no i i agree fact that first of all I was telling my parents just the other day, I said the Trump supporters, not even the Republicans, the Trump supporters have been real quiet on my social media past mm -hmm. few days. They've been very quiet, haven't had much to say. It's very bewildering. And I'm just sitting back with my arms folded because I watched during the 2020 election. I've heard so many people prophesy and say that Trump was going to win the election. They saw it in the spirit that he was going to win this election. Then, even when Joe Biden won the election, these same people were just like, yeah, it's still not over. God has the final say. He's still going to win as president. I saw it in the spirit. Did y'all see this man going to jail? Did y'all see this man being, you know, a mugshot in the spirit? This is why I have to question your prophetic insight. Because now that this man is facing criminal charges, isn't he facing like 90 criminal charges at this point? Yeah, it's a lot of Yeah. Crime. My thing is this, like you all upheld him because he was, he supported your Christian views and he supported your quote unquote conservative views. But a criminal, you supporting a criminal that supports your conservative views is wild to me. Like I said, the Trump supporters have been very quiet. They haven't had much to say. I'm really interested in seeing like what, what the end result is going to be. Apparently, I heard that because it's Georgia, he has to serve out at least five years of that prison 
term if, if he gets sentenced to prison. Interesting. So um I heard that. So yeah, and, and like I said, I'm I'm praying for Fannie Willis. She has been getting death threats from Trump supporters because she's just simply doing her job. She's simply being the strong black woman that she is and doing what she's supposed to do, which is to bring justice to this foolishness that we've been encountering. And I think for me is very disgusting that people would call and make death threats to this lady making all kinds of insults and stuff so yeah let's just make sure we protect this woman let's just make sure we pray for this woman and stuff like that because i'm sure this is just probably the beginning of what we're going to see especially if he is convicted so this is going to be quite an interesting journey here america is still a wild place um america Mm -hmm. is a third world country with swearing a gucci belt so let's just remember that and um (laughs) govern ourselves accordingly Retired NFL star Michael O'Hare found out his white family never adopted and has been profiting off him for years. Retired NFL star Michael O'Hare, I think I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correct, who supposed adoption out of grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie The Blind Side, potentially a Tennessee court Monday with allegations that a central element of the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich itself at his expense. A 14-page petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee probate court alleges that Sean and Lee Ann Tui, who took O'Hare into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. Instead, less than three months later, after O'Hare turned 18 in 2004, the petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document, uh, making them his conservators, which gave them the legal authority to make business deals in his name. Yeah. Um. So I th- I think it's or. Or Michael Orr, sorry. Yeah, if I remember, I haven't watched The Blind Side, is, so you um, haven't watched it, Mike. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I haven't like sat down and watched it all the way through. Okay, I'm not really into movies, but like I'm a big Sandra Bullock fan. Like I like her movies, and it was a good, it was a good football movie, which I mean wasn't accurate to their life story completely. Anyway, I've been seeing a lot about this. Like people are saying that he's on a book tour and then he filed. Look, at the end of the day, I don't care when he filed. Like, first off, this man was not adopted by this family, which is already like, okay. You know, y'all supposed to treat him like a son, but he's not actually your son legally. So we already know where that is. Then two, y'all had him under a conservatorship, which the last time we've heard this type of arrangement in the news it was with britney spears and her family where they said she didn't have the capacity and so we're basically over your financials because you don't have the capacity to make good decisions for yourself which is never i mean we knew from the movie and stuff i don't know what his mental capacity is but he couldn't read he had a lot of challenges so but i mean he was good enough to play football but anyway regardless uh (laughs) these people are always good enough to be entertainers but they're not good enough to be over their finances and i mean like a lot of us suffer from that a lot of us are not good at our own finances but that doesn't stop us from having our money so and having control over our money so regardless of when he brought this lawsuit i still think like it's a lot of fishy business going on here like i'm always kind of skeptical of the white savior narrative there have been people who came out about the mom and how she has done this before to black people where she met some black kids like in a kfc or something and they were literally going to an event down the street and she was like well let me give you like money for a lift 
or a taxi and they were like ma'am like we're going down the street and she was like well let me just give you money and then she was like well let's take a picture and then she made this long post to her friends on social media about how she helped these young men and how like they she wasn't sure what they were doing in her store and it was a little shady but she found out that they had trouble so it's very much this like whole narrative of like we want to help people especially people of color and need but in actuality they need help so i i don't think the allegations are necessarily false maybe they had good intentions maybe they didn't but again the way that the system is like set up legally why couldn't you just adopt this man like why did y'all have to just have control over his money and not necessarily take him on as a sign i think that's weird to me i agree like i said i I didn't watch the blind side all the way through i remember seeing bits and pieces of it and just thinking like oh wow okay the comment was made and it was brought to our to my attention that uh, (laughs) um and i don't know you know and I, i don't know if this had anything to do with it but the fact that he decided to do this after he married a black woman oh interesting yeah yeah so he you know he he's definitely he married i think he recently got married or you know um but he married a black woman and they said that this thing came to light like once he got married and i don't know if she had anything to do with it but if she did we salute you for you know for for coming out of the sunken place um (laughs) and like i said i think that I don't like that they turn this man's story into a narrative because if you know you didn't adopt him, why go that far as to make a movie out of it and then profit off this movie and profit off of all of these deals and stuff like that? Now, you know, they're going around saying, oh, no, that's not what happened. And, you know, he, you know, that's not what happened at all, anything like that. But my thing is, like, you knew when you signed a conservatorship, well, you knew what, what was up. You know, you mm-hmm. knew what time it was. So I hope that they do get some heads and tails about that. I hope he gets every brown pink any of the money that he deserves um i hope he gets it back i hope that if they do take it to court that he gets what's due to him maybe even more i hope he leaves those people dry and in a desolate place because why would you i hate when people take advantage of of the marginalized you know we you know take advantage of those that we know can't help themselves and don't think just because you decided to let this man stay in your home and you decided to you know give this man a plate of food and all this other stuff that you deserve all of this money all of this you know whatever in return like right. that man doesn't owe you that because he didn't ask to be he did not ask to be in your home you took it upon yourself to invite him into your home and because he was under 18 you did your due diligence by raising him he doesn't owe you anything right so i just like i said i hope he can get recoup everything back if there was anything that was lost and i just hope that we don't see too many of these narratives come up and i hope this is a lesson to people that's playing on doing the same even if it's a black family doing to a black child i i hope this is a lesson that stop playing with people be real about your intentions like stop mm-hmm. trying to do things because you see a monetary value in it like do stuff because you genuinely care because i genuinely want to see you do great and i'm not asking you for anything in return you know for me you know taking care of you for me doing you know making sure that you are well making sure that you are well kept making sure you have all the tools and resources you need to flourish um, so yeah i hope he gets everything back and like i said if it was his wife that put him up to that shout out to her shout out to um a black woman snooping around investigating right. and getting down to the bottom of it and 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 getting in his business and finding out what 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 was really going on so and even if like because they said like we gave him like 
part of our proceeds and the producers were saying well the family didn't make that much either like if he had control over his own story he could have asked for more and he could have got a bigger this is his story this is this man's story it's not about that family it's about how he overcame right and like yeah they helped him but it's about him so it's just frustrating that again people are taking credit for this man's success like yeah they were there to support him but he's the one who went through all of that like struggling like his mom was a crack addict all this stuff and he became a football player like that's amazing and so it's just yeah i hope he gets every dime every dime and i mean every every silver dime that he is deserved i i hope he gets all of it i have possibly three more announcements but i do know for sure i have two okay. dude have you heard of the fit and fresh podcast Mm-mm. a fresh and fit podcast. who is that no what is it um about? so it's a podcast very misogynistic podcast Ooh. um where they bring women on and basically you know demean them and oh. basically, um ah, it, it was it was bad i'm not gonna get into it but um just know these are things that know about the podcast like podcast really pushed off misogynistic views it pushed off very one-sided views of men um very much so passport bros type of thing mm-hmm. so basically in a nutshell youtube demonetized them so they were making all this money you know from youtube where people were like you know watching it and things like that they were supposedly helping other men to you know see themselves and people were writing into the show bro your show helped me so much now my wife fixes me a sandwich whenever i ask and I mean, the show was pretty horrible, but it got demonetized. And I thought that was such great news because why was such filth on YouTube anyway? But anyway, um, I'm conflicted because we are a country of free speech, but we need to treat people with decency. So, yeah, I'm glad they took their money. Like, you know what? You can absolutely still have your podcast, but you're not going to make money from us. We're not going to support that. And I appreciate exactly. that exactly and, and and like you say it is a country of, of free speech but when it starts to offend right when it starts to you know be where because even like the building that they were using for their podcast they had to like evacuate they had to be like you know what we don't want you in the building anymore like wow. imagine you being that horrible of, of people that and this it goes back to this because they were compared to like kevin samuels and stuff like that like mm-hmm. it goes back to this how you show up in life for people is how people remember you. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with truth. You know, if it's truth, like if it's something that is true that can be proven by fact or anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with opinion. It's nothing even wrong with free speech, right? Mm -hmm. But the way in which we portray these these speeches, the way we portray our opinion on things is what people remember most. This podcast was kind of up there with the Kevin Samuels and stuff like that. Like I said, with about Kevin Samuels, it wasn't so much what he said was wrong. Like he, there were a few things that he said that was kind of like, okay, I could see how he arrived at that point i can see where he got that from i can kind of see you know where he's going with this but isn't how you say it isn't how Mm -hmm. you show up people that's where people remember you most that's people remember you for how you react for how you reacted to them and you know when you're gone unfortunately people gonna remember you for that and they're gonna remember what you put out what kind of energy you put out and i know we're a spiritual podcast but to know like what you put out in the atmosphere mm-hmm. like what you sit, sit up there you said to people and like you know what kind of of atmosphere you created with your words and with your verbiage and things of that nature so um but yeah i just want i, I didn't know what we had heard of the podcast but i wanted to um kind of bring that up um mm-hmm. You all can't see um, Ron's picture behind her. 
But it is of our friend, prophetess Juanita Bynum, holding a clear gun filled with oil. I'm trying to understand what, like, was she going to shoot into the crowd with the oil or was... because let me tell you this i would be upset if i'm sitting in the in the crowd and i have my good clothes on and some of that oil squirts on my clothes and that oil doesn't come out easily Mm. you know how upset i would be yeah but you're sitting up there with an oil gun and i heard people on facebook a couple of people on facebook trying to justify yeah 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 but y'all don't understand y'all don't understand no i don't understand i'm not gonna try to understand an oil gun Somebody with an oil gun. What what happened to just the regular olive oil that they pray over and they use to anoint you? You have an oil gun in the pulpit. Like, you got to have your weapons ready. You got to put the whole, arm, whole armor of God on. You have to have your spiritual glizzy. Like, I, I'm sorry. I love this picture because I, I don't know fully the black ride when she was preaching. And I think this was just a demonstrative that she mm-hmm. used but i would love like give me a church that passes out these oil guns because i'm ready to go ham on the devil <laughs> and if you talk to me crazy i'm going to shoot you with the oil of jesus christ <laughs> an oil gun is wild and i can um, i can i bet if it's not already happened that these are fitting to be on sale like oh, absolutely uh, yeah these are about to be on sale for 19.99 or she it might loved. be a part of her prayer. what is that prayer yeah she had like the prayer, prayer show or her, her how to pray she teach you how to pray for like 1600 dollars. right right get a new get an oil gun with it you know i need that though like next year for my birthday mike i got you <laughs> i'm buying your oil gun I i'm just popping off <laughs> I mean, pop off on the devil, like, oh man, and it's the look on her face, like, oh, she's ready to go to war. She's ready like, to go to war. <laughs> she is ready to go to war. Um, our last announcement, <sighs> Ron, do you like sweet tea? I love it. You love it. I know yeah. you're from the north, but I just do you like. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no. We're a raspberry tea area. Oh. Like that's oh, our thing. It's like you get the raspberry tea. tea. Okay. But because I went to school in the South, sweet tea got me, you know. Okay, and then Chick fil A got their little Sun Joy. You had some lemonade. Sun Joy. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was raised on sweet tea. My dad used to make some really he don't make tea now. I don't know why he doesn't really make a lot of tea now. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. really but when I was growing up, like tea used to be like the drink of choice, like sweet tea. Y'all put a little bit too much sugar in. I'm yeah, yeah, it's gonna it. be. It's a lot of lots of sugar, but, but you just squeeze good. you a lemon over it, and mm-hmm. it kind of cuts the sugar a little bit, just okay. a tiny bit, just gives it a little bit of, mm, you know. You still gonna get diabetes, but you, you gonna know, get diabetes, but the, but you know you feel a little bit better about your life. <laughs> so speaking of sweet tea, I want to talk about the sweet tea party that happened in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And this article says, I absolutely love the Montgomery, Alabama Molly Wop. Try that in a small town. Um, This article is a little long, so bear with me. So it says that, so this happened Saturday in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, this And that was Saturday, August 5th. Some suspected white supremacists assaulted and jumped on a black security guard at a riverboat after he told them to move their boat. The black community pulled up and reminded the suspected white supremacists that this wasn't the year 1963. Try that in a small town. The Harriet, too, 
riverboat which the harriet my guy mm-hmm. it's a party boat that offers dinner dancing and entertainment on the river walk in alabama they had returned to the dock and were trying to park so that passengers could get off the boat when a random smaller boat parked in their spot when they were asked to move they got off the boat and walked away the people on the boat started chanting rapper's ludicrous song move get out the way <laughs> what when, <laughs> when someone from the boat crew got off the riverfront to confront the people on the smaller boat a fight broke out the workers from the riverboat caught in got into a fight with the passengers from the smaller boat as well as the women from both boats they were throwing chairs and pushing people in the water the announcer on the riverboat asked someone to check on the people that were pushed into the water to make sure no one drowned then someone said in the future don't f with the riverboat crew the police were called and arrested some of the brawlers including the women i'm so proud of that young man that swam to help the brother and we're like three weeks late on what happened but um we just could not let this episode go by without mentioning the alabama sweet tea party i mean like it controlled my social media i had no idea what was happening i just started seeing these white fold-up chairs and i was like what is going on like is somebody having a reception is this after a service like why am i seeing this and then i watched the full video and it was crazy So first off, I want to say I am so proud of black people that day. I didn't realize that throwing a hat was a universal signal amongst the black folks that something is going down. But now I know and I appreciate that knowledge. So I'm ready. The next time somebody throw a hat, if I see a prayer bell go up, if I see see Mm -hmm. a crackle, a fedora, I'm paying attention. But um, yeah, no, it was absurd to see this he was a co-captain of the ship Mm -hmm. we know that now the co-captain literally explaining to multiple people your boat has to move like it was so much patience by this man every white person that came your boat has to move we have Mm -hmm. a ship here and i've i heard that it would took 45 minutes like over the course of 45 minutes they're like there's a boat and and this is my thing is like these ships run on a tight schedule. You don't know how much fuel they have in the ship. Like these people, like they're just sitting there waiting. There's a schedule. People are losing money. What if the fuel has started running out? Like you need to move your boat. And like I said, the patience of explaining to so many people and for them to beat this man up, it was crazy. Now I will say everybody skips over the first guy who came down that railing real fast. Everybody jumps to that little, that um, 16 year old boy who jumped off the boat. But there was one black man who saw what was going on and he immediately figured out how to get down there as Mm -hmm. fast as he could to break things up, which I appreciate him for. Because for you to jump, not just one black man, but uh, he's older. You know, you could tell that the guy who punched him, who threw the first punch was much younger. And so like, it, it was just insane. And I I will say this, there was a part of me that was like, oh, we take things too far. You know, like the lawyer in me was like, it stopped being self-defense was once the ferry got on the ship and then y'all all all got off and started beating them up. Like it kind of got a little bit messy. And then when that chair came out from Unc, like uncle, like (laughs) you can't be out here (laughs) knocking people out with chairs. Mind you, there was a cop that was watching the whole thing. (laughs) But once he hit that lady, it was kind of, you know, things kind of go too far, but I don't know. Like it was just a proud moment to be black. And it was just like, we needed this. I don't know. Like it's, it was refreshing it was just a time of unity it was it was and 
you could tell like when it comes to the black people we still have rules so the black women were hitting the women the men were hitting the men like we don't just fight without any no we have mm-hmm. a certain setup of how we fight you know what i mean they let people get up they let you know they did a little bit or they would stop when it got too far except for unk he was i don't know what he was doing unk peter that chair he said this is for rosa this is for <laughs> emmett Till. this is for harriet this is this is for all of the ancestors this is for martin this is for malcolm <laughs> You know, this but let me is tell you, Barack. <laughs> I'm the type of person who, like Unc. If I get to a place where I'm entering the fight and I brought in a chair, we're done. Like I'm ending it. Like mm-hmm. you should, you should have stopped, and you didn't stop, so I'm ending it. And that's I'm not it, Unc's yeah. mindset was. If I'm gonna get into this, we're done. Like so, I appreciate him because, like, it was just, it was just a great time immunity and i really appreciate the efforts that they have done i hope white people and all people just understand that we tolerate so much we really are patient with you guys all the time but um yeah i'll just leave it there when i saw this at first um i didn't realize just exactly because i saw the white people fighting the jumping on the black guy at first mm-hmm. like that was the i for some reason i only saw that small clip then i saw the whole clip that i was like whoa as soon as homeboy threw that hat and it was it was over like it was just like he sent a signal and everybody you know just jumped out and just jumped into place and took their place but it was it was a good day to be black and to be black in america and to be black because it was just the jokes write themselves like try that in a small town they tried it in us in montgomery and they 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 found out they messed around and they found out what happens when you mess with a black person and they haven't done anything to you the man was just out there doing his job Mm -hmm. and what i did not like was when the police got out there they immediately first went to the black folks because you know and that that was the one thing that i did not like but it was just so good to be able to see black people coming together you know and to say you know if you mess with one you you mess with us all like we we we're not gonna sit up here and tolerate this and i'm just glad that there was no like you know there was no bystanders just standing around watching this man get jumped i'm glad they came to this man's rescue and that it happened and so um like i said you know august 5th will be a day to remember um we'll always know that as the um montgomery sweet tea party and i hope like i said that it was a lesson like you said to white people and things of that nature like don't try nothing with us it won't be nothing okay i do want to bring up this and i'm gonna jump off i I promise i was gonna save for the end but it wouldn't be right if you didn't have some deep say spooky people i don't even want to say saints people get on facebook when this took place because apparently they were trying to say that a bunch of witches went down to that river before the right before and did some kind of ritual I saw the video of the women. It didn't look like they were, they looked like they were just going down to some kind of memorial, but they said they invoked these spirits and this guy wrote a long post and because they invoked these spirits there, that's why the brawl took place. You prophets and prophecies <sighs> and prophelies and prophelyers and prophelyers, you all really get under my skin. Like you guys can see can see that you guys can see beyonce you guys can see fraternities y'all can see sororities in the spirit 
but you can't see what's going on in our government in the spirit. You can never discern what's going on, you know, with COVID in the spirit. You can never discern like, you know, what what's going on in your own pulpits in the spirit, but you can discern, you know, you could discern pop culture. You can discern, you know, what's popular at the time. And I don't know that I I, I have to question your gift, but you I I saw a couple of deep save spooky people saying that because those women went down there and was doing something with their ancestors that they invoked a spirit and this spirit is what caused the brawl oh my god why is it always with black folks that we always want to pull this card of like it's a spiritual thing this is spiritual this is a demonic thing like why do we always have to do that they're right it was a spirit it's a spirit of hatred that those white people have for that black man and like it's too much the whole making everything super spiritual thing like i'm i'm over it come on saints like let's grow up (laughs) please (laughs) please also did you know that the boy who was swimming had on tim's i saw that like and i think they raised they raised money for him to get some more boots Mike, like, how are you swimming with Timberland? I can't even. Swim. But when you, you know, that, but you know, when that <laughs> adrenaline is run as running through, you'll figure it out. You will figure it out. Like, I th- it was adrenaline. Like, but first off, you to jump off a boat. Yeah. And jump into a. And it was that, far. That yeah, you jumped off into that river and you swam with some Timberland boots on. That was adrenaline. Yeah. That was adrenaline. That was, you know. That was a whole armor of God, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that he had put on. Because ain't no way in the world. He treated them Tim's like floaties. And that is insane. That <laughs> is. That is. I hope they, I hope he gets a new pair of boots. Yeah. He and I, a new pair of boots. I heard people started raising money for him too, as far as like college and stuff. Like I, mm. like, I'm so glad, like the way we, the community kind of took this and like really even with Ankh like people were trying to create funds to help find him a lawyer or to help pay his bail I think that is such a beautiful thing and the captain of the ship that didn't get off the boat he was talking about how the three black guys people have been calling them the Avengers they actually work for the company and when you when it's your co-worker particularly in certain types of industries they become like your family and so that's what made me reconcile the fact that these people went back in because it's like no you're not going to sit up here and beat up my brother or sister and i'm just Mm going to stand back and watch it like and i also heard that the n-word was thrown we didn't really have much audio what was being said but there's been some accounts that there was a lot of racial slurs being thrown as well so I don't know. Um, I can't wait to see what happens with this. I hope uh, the federal government brings racial charges as well, because I do feel like that played a factor into all of this. I'm sure y'all wouldn't have done that if it was a white captain telling you to move. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the thing. Like, I already know. But what it was, they thought that it was a bunch of them against this one guy and they weren't going to do anything. And that this guy wasn't going to do anything. Like, oh, it's more of, of us than it is him. We can intimidate him. And he showed y'all. He yeah. showed y'all what time it was. We as a ethnic group showed y'all. <laughs> we don't we care. as an ethnic group. Right. That is my brother. That's my sister. Like the biggest thing I love about being black is that you can enter any space as a black person and 
you can find like facial expressions translate like so much stuff translate i was in japan climbing a mountain i saw one black guy he threw me the head nod i threw it back and it was the most unifying moment i ever had in my life because we just both understood like what are we doing out here yeah, in this hateful yeah. country but i just love that for us as a culture that we just like no matter where we are we're just like that's my brother that's my sister i'm gonna take care of you so yeah it was great exactly well thanks that was all of the announcements that i had for tonight please govern yourselves accordingly if you have any announcements please make sure you submit them to our secretary um so we can get, get those read those in time and we're going to turn the service back over into the hands of our executive producer, Sister Ron. <laughs> Who's our secretary, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't which, know. which one of us is secretary? <laughs> um, last week we was on here really long, and I hope to not be on here too long this week. I'm so sorry, Saints. There's a lot to get through, a lot to discuss. But we've been kind of talking a lot about... Last week, we talked about recovering from the fall. And I just, you said something about before, like about us being proud racist. And I was like, nah, I'm not trying to be a proud racist. Like I want to be the remnant. (laughs) And so our topic for this week is kind of just around the idea of decreasing the sin recidivism rate. And I just want us to talk about the concept of fear and kind of like what fear means and stuff like that. And just kind of like in these last days, what should the saints be holding on to? What concepts should we have, you know, that we should maintain? Because the world is trying to change us. You know, the world's trying to pull us back into sin or the devil's trying to pull us back into sin. The devil's trying to make us not care about God. There's so many things that are tactics against us. So this week, I just want to talk about fear. So my first question, Mike, is what is fear? When the Bible talks about it, what does that mean? When I think of fear in a biblical sense, I think of the word nervous kind of like a hesitation is what comes to my mind when it when it when it when i think about fear in a biblical sense hesitation fear is twofold so there's the sense of hesitation almost like a nervousness being afraid mm-hmm. um the unknowing but then there's a another part of fear where it's almost like reverence you know reverence there is a respect you know, like I fear the Lord, you know, so I reverence the Lord. Um, and, and that's what I kind of think about fear in that regard. You know, not that I'm scared, you know, where I'm like, oh my God, like, oh, let me go hide. But it's also like, I fear the Lord in a sense where they, I have a respect and I have a reverence for him so great that I don't want to bring him to open shame or I don't want him to take his spirit away from me. And, or uh, I don't want him to think so low of me that he allows me to still operate in a reprobate mind. So I look at fear as being a twofold concept. Yeah, no, I agree. And we always start with definitions just to make sure we're on the same page. And I completely agree that when the scripture talks about fear God or the fear of the Lord, it is that twofold of like, actually I'm quaking in my boots. Mm -hmm. This majestic being is super scary to me. I don't know much about it. Like it's just unknown, like you said, but then also it's this respect and this reverence for it. So the fear, fear God is stated over 300 times in the Bible. And I guess my first question is, how do we fear God? 
like if the Bible tells us to fear God, which is show respect or to feel like he's scary, I don't know. How do we fear God in like our personal daily life? Um, I think in our personal daily lives, all about, you know, having that reverence and respect. And that that's the one fold of that fear that to reverence him and to acknowledge him and everything that that we do. If we are offspring of, of Jesus Christ, if we're his children and we're representative of him, there's certain things and certain ways that I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk and I'm going to present because I don't want to embarrass my father because I respect him. I, you know, honor him and I have the utmost reverence for him. And so to, to dishonor him means that I am abandoning a covenant that I've made with him on the day that I answered the call to discipleship. Um, and I think even like we think about that, like even, you know, you being a offspring of your natural parents, there's certain things you wouldn't do because you've been instilled certain things. You know what the expectation is, even as a grown woman or even me as a grown man, there's certain things that I or yourself won't do because you have that reverence and respect for your parents. Like there's not certain, there's certain things you won't do in their house because there's a certain respect and a certain reverence. So you fear them in that regard because that's what that is. And it becomes habit. You know, it becomes habit after a while when you practice that thing, you know, we practice living holy. So it becomes, it becomes habitual for us. And as it becomes habitual for us, we honor and we fear God daily in that regard, you know, live holy and to walk upright before him and to uh, honor his commandments and to, you know, honor his word. And I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. I think as far as fear goes, like in my personal life, I obey the authority of God. Mm -hmm. So whatever he says in his word or over the pulpit, or I will say this, like um, we just came out of a conference and I was prophesied to at the conference. Ooh, and my God. I know, ah. like Ooh. this whole year, like I've been getting prophecies, which is really like, that's different for me because mm -hmm. I just never got prophesied to. And these people have been really spot on. It's not like prophecies, like you're going to get a house or a car. It's like literally like this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, how do you know? <laughs> but, you know, when you're prophesied to and God says to do something to actually do it, Mm -hmm. And ooh, even as I said that, I got the chills because it's kind of like, I'm still like, you know, actually trying to get to a place where I'm being obedient. But I don't know, just being obedient to the authority, um, reverence in God. Like when we come into the house of God, I've gotten to this really bad habit of being on my phone. I'm not going to lie. And it's funny because when we look at like the Old Testament, like Leviticus and stuff like that, like you couldn't enter the house of God any kind of way. They had to literally put bells on um, the priests. Yeah, they had to put bells on the priests just because if they did anything wrong in the presence of God, like they could be struck down and killed. And, you know, we have grace and mercy now, of course. But I still think obviously that we have to have this type of reverence for Christ. There was a scripture, I don't know what pastor was talking about, but there was a scripture basically where Moses had been going up and talking to God in the mount. And Israel was like, 
are you really talking to this God? Like, what are you talking about? And they were like, well, we want to meet him. God was like, yeah, they can meet me. And he was like, don't cross this marker. Basically, and he put, they had to put like a fence or a structure around the mountain. So that way they wouldn't cross. Cause if you crossed, you would die. And God right. sat down on that mountain and it shook and just, it was so much fear from just seeing him and being in his presence. And if the house of God is supposed to be a place where we're in his presence, like, why am I pulling out my phone and looking at Facebook? So those are just little things that I'm just like, oh, like I can do better on that. You know what I mean? Personally, I'm trying to think. So like the obedience aspect, the actually caring about his presence. And then like the scripture does, and that's the funny thing is if we read the word, we'll find that God actually tells us what the fear of the Lord really is and what we should do. And of course, like we all know the scripture, the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord mm -hmm. is knowledge. Like if you read anything in Proverbs, you'll see that. But there are some other scriptures that like I was kind of, maybe I didn't get to these <laughs> when I was reading but the fear of the lord by the fear of the lord one departs from evil proverbs 16 6 and that was what you were talking about mike about as far as not sinning or not doing things that are tempting and i just found that to be so interesting like if we fear god we would stay away from things that we're not supposed to be around that goes to show do we really fear god because we generally you know i'll use myself for example like I constantly have to ask myself, like, do I really have a fear? Not that, not saying that I don't, but do, is there real? Do I really have a fear of God? Like, do I really fear God? Like, if I continue to, you know, do things that that are not or go around places that are not pleasing in His sight or entertain conversations and stuff, like, is it I fear God just in word, but do I fear Him indeed? You know, like, you know, does my actions, you know, match what I say as a believer, saying, you know, look, I got respect and I obey you and I I follow you and things like that. But then when it's time to, you know, put the metal to the pedal, do I really honor your, you know, commandments? Am I really yeah. fearing it in my actions? Like, am I really striving to do what either you know you have commanded me to do through your word and I think you know we we always and I don't know why I'm going here but you know we're always asking you know like oh well you know what is my call or what am I called to do but your first call is to you know obey the word you know obey the word of God and to walk upright in the word because how are you called but you walk in disobedience and so I don't want to be found you know I don't want to be found walking in disobedience and, and being, you know, being a liar because I walk in disobedience, but I say that I fear God or I reverence God, but I'm constantly walking in disobedience. I'm constantly asking for more grace. I'm constantly, you know, repenting for the same things over and over again. But yet I fear God. I have this great love for Christ because if you love someone, you don't continue to do the things that they ask you not to do. You don't mm -hmm. continue to do the things that they say bother them. So I think we don't, but we don't take these same attitudes towards Christ because of his grace. And because we feel like his grace is never ending and while he's his grace and his mercy endure forever we don't know when god's gonna say enough is enough you know i i can't take this anymore and so i think we sometimes take advantage of that we take advantage of you know of the love and the grace that we're given and we generally and sometimes we end up just 
doing whatever we want to do. You know, we end up doing whatever we want to, that leads us into these roles of destruction, like leads us into these reprobate mindsets. It leads us outside the will of God into a point of no return where mm-hmm. we're at a place in our lives where, you know, we think what we're doing. The scripture talks about a way that seemeth right. So we're doing these things that seemeth right. We're doing these things that, you know, feel right and stuff like that, but it's not really right because we become desensitized to what's really right and what's really wrong because we have gone so far outside the will of God. We have gone so far outside of what he told us to do. We've been giving chance after chance, but we have literally become desensitized to sin. And so once we get to that place, it's, it's very hard for us to get back. So I think we have to take seriously the fact of, of saying that, Lord, if, if I fear you, you know, then I don't want to you know, get to a place where, you know, it's, those are just words, you know, those are just another cliche that I say just because I'm saved or just because I tell people I'm saying, well, I feel the Lord. Yeah. I, I reverence the Lord, but no, you don't reverence the Lord. Cause you constantly doing the same things that, you know, he's trying to call you out of. So. Yeah. And I, if I can go a little bit further, you said that it's because we rely on his grace and mercy, but I think also has to do with the fact that we don't believe he's real sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or I should say, lest we forget <laughs> that he's lest real. We forget. But we forget that God is not our friend. He's not our homie. He's not our bro. Like this is, this is a, he's a real deal. This is a being that destroys And, you know, like, you know, we try to get away from like hell preaching, but like God doesn't need you to die to show who he is. You know, like we see God in so many things, natural disasters, like there's so many things where God just comes in. I've seen people literally get sick because they treat people badly. That to me, that's God, you know, there's so many things that God does, or he puts his judgment on things. And we forget that, oh my gosh, like we just say, oh, like that just happened. It's just a day to day. There was a person who was basically harming young, young women. And this person died at a young age. And, you know, we talk about like the scripture that says, honor your mother and father so that your days will be long. And we forget that God is also our father. Right. And he also should be honored. And like, there's a lot of people, and I hate to say it this way, but there are a lot of people who've been caught off early because they don't reverence God. And the reason why I'm getting back to belief is because particularly for us who grew up in church, it's very easy to just do things out of routine. It's very easy for things to become, I I talked about this concept before in sociology about the simulation and the silicrum. And basically it's this concept that we replace the actual thing with an image. The world is the way the world is, but we've replaced our understanding of what the world is by maps and globes. Mm-hmm. Christ who is who Christ is, but we replaced our understanding of Christ by just wearing the cross's jewelry or just putting on prayer caps or saying, praise the Lord, saints. Like that is your understanding of Christ. Going to church shouting is your understanding of Christ and not the actual being. And I think a lot of times this has to do with our own faith. If we really thought like, no, this is serious business and God really is who he is. And if I do anything any type of way, if I come to church any kind of way, if I don't obey God's word any kind of way, he can do something. There's repercussions to that, you know, because my thing is, it's funny because like we talk about God being a jealous God, right? And like, if we don't fear God, like who are we fearing? 
And I can tell you who I fear a lot. Like I, I get scared of being pulled over by police. I do. Like that to me, if I was to talk about what fear looks like in actuality, it would be me being pulled over by a cop. I'm super respectful. I'm nervous when I get pulled over. I'm like, oh my God. If I see them and they even say hi to me, I'm just like, and like, <laughs> like, like that type of fear that type of reverence for authority that type of like you know even though it's a, it's a like it's a scary fear like i don't want to call it sadistic but it's like this fear but like we're not supposed to be afraid of them but we are afraid of them you know like oh if you get pulled over by a cop we teach our black men put your hands on the wheel you know put your hands outside the door there's a certain way you should talk to police officers you know those precautions that we're taking for men we don't apply that to jesus christ we talk to God any kind of way. We come to God any kind of way. Like, I, I don't know. It's just interesting. No, And I just want to add, you just said something so key that, you know, you talked about like people shouting and, you know, getting caught up in the praise of the Lords and head covers and stuff. But I just want to remind people that church culture does not, is not salvation, mm -hmm. you know, and I think we live in an age and we've been living in this age probably for the last 15 to 17 years where it's been on trend for people to be saved where it's trendy for people to be churchy it's trendy for people to be connected to some kind of church culture whatever that culture may be and but i want to remind people that it's deeper than church culture and we, we talk about these things on the show all the time but if your understanding of christ and your uh, you know your reverence of christ and your fear of christ only goes up to the point of you being able to shout in church and you being able to dress the part and you being able to attend all of the convocations and things like that. Like if that's where the extent of your, of, of what, who Christ is to you and what Christ is to you, then I can't say that, you know, that I think you have a, a long ways to go as far as where you are in Christ. And, but do you have that reverence outside of that? You know, look, think about the pandemic. Think about we were in the pandemic and things were taken away. We weren't able to go to a physical church for a while. We had to do virtual church for a little bit. That's why some of you all were losing your minds being at home because you had nothing in Christ, you know, other than the fact that you were able to go to church and you were able to shout, you were able to dress in your clothes and come to church. But there was nothing else outside of that that was keeping you connected to Christ because you were, your salvation lied in church culture. It's kind of scary that that's where we are right now with a lot of people is that people have equated salvation to this idea of God, but they have not really gotten to know who God is. So, and it's funny because our society in general has, is going through an identity crisis. Like we can talk about gender, right? And gender identity and what makes a woman, a woman, and what makes a man, a man. And, you know, there's so many debates about that and we don't have to get into it here, but you know, a lot of times people are trying to figure out like does putting on a dress make you a woman or does wearing long hair make you a woman does just having a period and having a uterus is that what makes you a woman and it's so funny because i feel like when you mentioned that it made me think of the church itself you know what i mean what makes us truly a disciple of christ and what makes us reborn into the body of christ and it has to be more because the same way we have men who are dressing as women and we have women who are dressing as men you know that's the same way that's happening in the church we have saints 
who are putting on different things and they, you know, I don't want to call it trans, trans Christians, but like we're taking on things that I don't know if we should be taking on. And then people who are not of Christ are taking on things that belong to us. And we all feel like, oh, we're all the same. And I think like this identity crisis that we're kind of going through, like fear is a way of us to get back to what is natural. Mm -hmm. The devil wants to perverse everything that God has ever done. He wants us to question things that God has already built and already said, this is this and that is that. Did God really say? Yeah, he did. And if the Bible is telling us that fear is the beginning of wisdom, I think we need to get back to understanding like, okay, am I fearing God? And if I'm not, why? Why aren't I fearing God? And that's my next question, Mike. Like, why do you feel like the church, like do you, first, do you feel like the church fears God? And I shouldn't say the church, but do you feel like the state of the church today, modern day is fearing God? And if it is, or if it's not, why not? Or why? You know, I I think it goes back to something you said earlier about being the remnant, right? I think there is a remnant. So I don't ever want to, you know, dismiss people that are, that, that have that fear. But as a whole, just talking about the state of the church, no, I don't think we really fear God anymore because we have, when I, when I think about church, we've allowed a lot of things that are not sacred or things that are sacred to become less sacred or to become, we've allowed a lot of things to become perverse. And I think the state of the church now, we we don't really fear God. We don't really have a respect for the house of God anymore. We don't really have a respect for the things of God anymore. Just that we're talking about the state of the church. And the reason I say that is because I'm not talking about uh, somebody, the way somebody dresses. I'm not talking about the what somebody puts on. I'm just talking about the way that we even treat God like on Sunday morning. We don't, like a lot of our churches, I look on, on social media, we don't operate in a standard of excellence. So we present God with the very worst that we have. You know, we get up and we just present anything to God. We prevent, present any kind of singing to God. We present any, we present unanointed preaching to God. We present, you know, perverse gifts. We, we ain't been living right. We just got out of the bed with somebody we're not married to, but we're about to go lead praise and worship. You know, our breath smells like alcohol, but we're going to go up there and we're going to, and we're going to, but we're going to go direct the choir. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, still high off that weed last night, but I'm going to go up there and work the altar. That has become what the church has, has, be, has become. I'm not saying all churches are like that, but for the majority, people have gotten very comfortable with, you know, operating and still being in sin, you know, and there was a time even that I can remember that if you was in any type of, you know, like sin, and, and it's go back to the conversation we were having on our last episode. Like, I do believe that in the forgiveness of God and the grace of God, but there was a time that if you were in sin and you were caught up in sin, meaning that you were sinning and enjoying sin for a season, as the saints used to say, mm-hmm. you sat down, you were in or out, you stepped away. And things like that. But people, because we have really put grace on this silver platter and we presented it and we made, we decorated it so nicely and, and made it look really, really good that we, you know, now are feel comfortable being able to be caught in sin and still be able to involve ourselves in the things of God. And I think this is where the church has lost its fear of God. 
Um, and, and I even just, you know, the way that people, we don't have unity in, you know, in our church anymore, the way that we have disunified ourselves because we constantly gossip, we constantly keep more mess up. You can't have no fear of God and you like that. There's no mm-hmm. way that you fear God and you kill your brother and sister by the words that you say, or you compete with your brother and sister. So it's when you think about all of that going on in a conglomerate, it kind of makes you say like, what is the state of the church? And like, where are we headed? And what will the church look like? If the church, if the state of the church lacks the fear of God now, I hate to see what it will lack 10, 20 years from now, because we might be in a place where there will be no God in church. We'll just be a building and we'll just be operating. And I heard a message 20 years ago and the preacher said that we'll be mark, um, marking time, just kind of standing there. If you've ever been in the army, if you ever march in the band, they'll tell you to mark time when you just march mm-hmm. in place. But you'll be a church mark, um, kind of marking time. There'll be no God there to 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 uh, to move you forward. There'll be no God there for anybody to feel the presence. It'll just be a social club. And I'm afraid that's where we're headed now in church. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no. And it is like we talk about being tinkering symbols and like showing that we care about God, but our hearts are far from it. Mm -hmm. And like just showing up. And I think that's my biggest fear is to just be a shell going to church. And I've been there. We know, you know, we've talked about the monotony of being saved and it happens. And you get into a place where it's kind of like, I don't really, I don't know if I want to be here. <laughs> like, I think David said my, uh, my foot almost slipped <laughs> mm-hmm. because I saw the wicked prospering. You know, there, there are places and stages that we get into in our spiritual walk that make us question this spiritual walk. But also like, we shouldn't get to a place where we are the shell itself, you know, and we don't have any consciousness. Like just coming to church and going through the motions. Um, Cause that's not showing fear at all. That's just out of habit. (laughs) And that's out of routine. And what's the point? Um, There are so many scriptures, as I said, about the fear of the Lord. And I just want us to go through some of them. Second Corinthians seven and one, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And, you know, we like to throw around as apostolics holiness. Some people don't even believe that they're apostolic. They just say I'm holiness. My God. <laughs> Both of it, like, mm. Mike, if mm. you don't mind taking a moment just to give a definition of what being apostolic means. I don't know. Cause I heard a preacher yesterday <laughs> and I was very thrown off. I was listening to a Bible study and a preacher says, said that being apostolic was nothing more than walking in the office of um in so many words he said of organization and administration oh i didn't know that but um the way i know of apostolic is um apostolic means that you know believe believing in the oneness of god believing in you know um the apostles doctrine which is the uh the repentance the baptism in jesus name and the infilling of the holy ghost which is about you know the godhead that jesus is god and he was manifested in flesh and talked about how and and also the apostles doctrine is the teaching of that we don't baptize in titles 
but we right. believe we have the belief that you know he was the father in creation the son in redemption the holy ghost through the administration of the church so there's a lot of things that the that that we believe in as apostolic people and um that's why i'm kind of confused when people say that they don't they're not apostolic they're holiness because to me holiness is just the I don't want to downplay holiness, but mm -hmm. holiness, you know, can be broad when you think about it, because a lot of people attach holiness to their, to what they, to what they're in, but it doesn't necessarily connect back to the apostles doctrine. Right. Holiness is the lifestyle. Yeah. The doctrine is what we do and what we believe in our creed. And, and, and it's funny because we always talk about there's always preachers that are like, we got to get back to basics. We got to get back to basics. And the basics is always about modesty. But the basics really should be the fundamentals of definitions. And what do we mean by X, Y, and Z? I was so nerdy growing up. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I used to bring a dictionary to Bible study. And my I uncle, love it. <laughs> my uncle, who is a pastor, be like, Deronnie got the dictionary. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But and, and that's why I focus so much on definitions, because when you don't have the fundamental understanding of what something is or what something means, you can't grow from there. There's nowhere else you can go. And so like the scripture talking about perfecting holiness in the fear of God is basically like the fear of the Lord is a means to an end. We're supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be without spot or wrinkle. And so this is and like it goes back to what Solomon said. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Like, if you want to know what God has planned for your life, if you want to know wisdom, if you want to know knowledge, the fear of God and respect of God is just the beginning. Some benefits of the fear of the God. Um, Psalms 34 and 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. So fearing God gives you benefits as far as protection. Um, Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it rest satisfied, he will not be visited by harm. Who is man that fears the Lord? Him he will instruct in the way he would choose. Psalms 25, 12, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes them to his covenant. So it's just so many scriptures. I like hope everyone takes a chance to like just in your because we got Bible apps now. That's the beauty now. We can do quick searches of things. Mm -hmm. Like just talk type in fear of God or fear of God in like in your Bible study or in your devotion. And there are so many benefits and so many ways that God wants us to fear him. Um if we lost fear for God, how do we get that fear back? I think that Really, you know, getting back there is really kind of, first of all, doing an inventory. Um, I remember growing up, they would preach about taking self-inventory. They would preach about, you know, um, searching what was within and anything that's not like Christ, you know, anything that does not, you know, line up to his will, asking the Lord to remove it. Sundays ago, my mom was testifying in church and she was like, testifying how her prayer was lord show me me mm -hmm. and so you know sometimes you need the lord to show you you to be able to get back to that place because sometimes we get so caught up there in the in the trials of life and we get caught up in our career we're getting caught up in our own vision and goals and stuff and we're getting caught up in our need to be 
you know, to, to be in these circles and be in that circle and be, you know, uh, known by this one that we don't see ourselves. We don't see ourselves when we are stepping away outside the will of God. So I think the first step is to ask the Lord to either show us ourselves and to do a self inventory of what we have been digesting of what we have been, you know, doing like uh, David said, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, Psalm 51, renew a right spirit within me, blot out all my transgressions, you know, so asking, being honest with God. And that's the one thing that I love about Psalms is um, that division of Psalms is, is he talks about his, his honesty with Christ is what, is really compelling to me. We got to be honest with God. Like, Lord, like, I know I'm trash. Like, I know that how I've been living <laughs> has been trash. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. Lord, I know I'm trash. Lord, I know I'm trash. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, and I believe that when you have a sincere heart for God and you desire to be back in that place, he will allow you to be able to get back to that place if you're willing to put the work in you know, fasting and praying and submitting yourself to Bible study and, you know, a, you know, willing to grow, willing to be able to submit yourself under leadership and be able to obey, you know, leadership and be able to be able, be able to obey God. And I think that's a problem. Like we want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to, you know, get back to a place where we have to fear God, but we also want to live like we want to live too. We want to do it on our terms. Like we want to fear God when our lives are hanging in the balance, when we, you know, we fear God when we got something coming up a bill is due we don't know whether we got cancer or not we don't know how the doctor's report is going to be when we looking for that job seeking for that job or we fear god then you know we cutting everything everything off because we have our eye on the problem what what's going to come down to is why do is it always our relationship with god or our fear of god has to be contingent upon something mm -hmm. because you know when it's all said and done it's not god's not going to ask you well i see that over here you lived holy for me while you know i was in the process of doing something for you so i guess i'll you know excuse that that's it doesn't work like that you have to be all in and when things are bad when you're not getting a call back from that job when you're dealing in with in your season of loneliness when you're dealing in that season of singleness when it seems like all friends are walking away when it seems like you know family members are not there you're in a low place you still have to be willing to say yes to the lord and be able to still have that fear of God. And I think it's during those times, let's be honest. And let's just, you know, let's turn the light on, especially for us as millennials. We tend to recoup back into these places of comfortability when times are dark. So when things are not working out, we go back to these coping mechanisms that pushes us outside the will of God that doesn't allow us to have a fear of God because we think that things are going so bad right now that, you know, I might as well not even fear God right now because, you know, if he takes me out right now, it's perfectly fine. Nothing can be worse than what I'm going through anyway. Mm -hmm. When in those times, this is what really counts is, is really fearing God and say, Lord, you know, Although times are dark right now, although I'm in a season where I'm experiencing depression, although I'm in a season where I'm experiencing loneliness, I still fear you. I'm still committing myself to living holy. I'm still committing myself to obeying you, obeying your word. It's hard for me right now because I want to call somebody over. I want to be, you know, held at night. I want companionship or, you know, I, I, it's hard for me right now because I'm broke. Once I pay this, you know, this bill, like, I don't know where my, you know, next, my next money is coming from, but you still have to be able to still have the fear of God and being able to obey him even in those moments of, of low, I think that's where God really starts to minister to those low places. But I think a lot of times us never get 
past where we are, especially spiritually. We never get to the destiny. We never get to the call of God on our lives. We never get, it's so slow for us to get there because we only have the fear of God in those high times in our lives. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we as millennials, we operate off spiritual adrenaline. Oh my God. Yeah. I just got the job offer. So I got, Lord, I'm ready to live. Holy. I'm ready to say yes to you right now. I'm going to be in Bible study. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be doing it. You know, and a lot of times too, it, we, we operate our spiritual adrenaline. I've been there before. Oh, this Lord, this turned out real good. Lord, I, I thank you. Lord, I'm ready to say yes to you. I'm obeying your word. But what about when when you know the when the bottom falls out and you know it is raining and it's pouring and you so i think we just have to be consistent with our fear of god and we have to be able to say lord i trust you lord i reverence you lord i'm uh, i obey you even when it don't make sense even when when it's dark we have to be consistent in that in the ups and in the downs and in the low points and the high points things like that if you think about in one of my favorite stories i think i brought this up before think about the shunammite woman although she was obeying she was trying to obey who was it prophet um El who was the prophet that went back to the shunammite woman sorry uh, <laughs> anyway was it elijah maybe probably Elijah, she um you all can correct this. I'm because I'm having a brain fart. But when he went by to and asked her to fix that, she obeyed. She was at a low point right there, and God continued to fill her barrel with meal and with oil. And a lot of times we don't believe it because we are not willing to, to obey and to trust God at our lowest points in our lives. Like it's so hard for us to trust, it's so hard for us to believe. And we turn back into these systems of a Lord, like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm about to do this. I'm going to go ahead and fornicate because I'm already feeling kind of down. I'm going to reward myself with this. Like, I deserve <laughs> this. <laughs> I deserve this hookup. The week I've had this week, I deserve this hookup. The week I had, I deserve, you know, to get drunk at the bar this weekend. You know, after the week I've had, my boss done coming me sideways. You know, I'm about to lose my house and stuff. I deserve to have a few drinks. Mm-hmm. I deserve to get drunk this weekend. I deserve to get me some play play this weekend. I sure do. I've had a lot. And, and that's not what God is calling us to do. Okay. He's not calling us today. He's calling us to obey him. Even if, even if it doesn't work out, even if, you know, you don't get the job you want, even if, you know, so, and I, I think, and I'm going to shut up, but I just think that yeah, we, have a, tonight, <laughs> we have a, we have a duty to, to fear God, no matter what. And, and I think that God could take us higher in our walk. Like he, he can take us higher. Cause I'm looking at us as a generation and I've been listening to so many different messages a preacher speaking to the creatives in our in our millennial generation. I think millennials, we're unique. Like we're very unique. We have so many gifts to offer the kingdom and stuff like that. But I think sometimes where we lack at, and I and I don't know why I'm going here tonight, but I think where we lack at is our consistency because because right. we we were the generation that came up in church and we came up in church during a time where it was do as I say and not, you know, let me show you in the word. And so a lot of times right now we're in a position where, you know, we love God, but we don't necessarily love church. But guess what? Church is one of the things of God. Mm -hmm. And so we're in this space. And I think that if we can learn to love the things of God and love God, I think he wants to really birth out some gifts within the kingdom. But 
he can't really fully birth those gifts out when we are still submitting to the world. We're still submitting to the world's systems and stuff because our faith has not taken us to a level in, you know, to a level of us being able to trust God fully of us being able to submit ourselves fully back to the things of God. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Cause I could go on and on. You said a lot of good things that spiritual adrenaline. Like it's, it's interesting because I feel like in our generation, particularly when I started getting older, a lot of my friends started taking like Ritalin, right? This mm. one had uh, hyperactive attention disorders and ADHD. And, you know, we got into the realm of social media now where the shorter the clip, the better it is because I can consume a lot of information in a short amount of time, mm. but it doesn't maintain my attention. And, you know, you were talking about us going to conferences. I, I feel like our generation, and we talk about this a lot, we have the most knowledge but we are just going for like a high. I want to jump from conference to conference to conference. And, you know, I, and I've been thinking about this because I've gone to like four or five convocations this year. Enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed every single one. Loved it. It was great. It was great to be back in a mindset of like church is my life again. Right. Because right. we talked about that before that church is no longer and I shouldn't even say church, but God is not the center of our lives. So church becomes an afterthought and the gathering mm -hmm. of the saints becomes an afterthought. And I think when you put God as being the center, you automatically gather more with the saints. You know, and I know you talked about before, Mike, the New Testament, where the saints started selling their things to commune together and live together. You was like, I'm not going to live in that uh, community. You know, the Lord is still yet working on me with that. But. But, but your relationship with Christ really goes hand in hand with who you're hanging out with. It does. Who oh, it does. you're around. And like, I loved all the convocations, but it made me think too, it's basically like me getting this like a defibrillator, like a revive, revive, and then I go back dead. Boop, boop, boop. You know, you on the table, like your um, heartbeat is lining and you need something to like pump you up in order for you to get back into the spirit. And it's just, it's funny to me that you talked about the spiritual adrenaline because even with the conferences and even with the convocations, I'm just like, again, it's the church helping the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can't even get to a place where we can think outside of the church. These conferences aren't focused on witnessing or getting out a lot of the times. A lot of times it's just for us to feel better. And like, if we can't, and, and look, like when you're on an airplane, they tell you this, like you need to put the mask on yourself before you put it on the child that you're with or the person that you're with that can't help themselves. You need to make sure you save yourself first and then help somebody else. So I agree with that concept, but I also think we need to go further as a church and as a body of Christ and, and, we shouldn't be at a place where we're constantly needing to be pumped again. We constantly need energy. We got to take Ritalin just to pay attention in church or just to pay attention to things of God when we're not at a conference and being hyped up. You know what I mean? Like, where are we? It's 365 days in a year. Conference time is during the three summer months, June, July, August. <laughs> And there's a few conferences that happen throughout the year, but are we going to wait until we have to get before a group of us together again before we actually do something about what's going on in the world? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't take that. <laughs> and like, again, we keep focusing more on the internal 
of how can we like and you know even this podcast like you know it is a lot of us reflecting on ourselves of how we can stay spiritual but i have been thinking more and more about how we spend so much time on trying to get ourselves to a place where we can receive god that we can't even focus on like where's the church in the community where's the church in activism where's the church like it can't we can't even get to that discussion because like you said we like literally flatline <laughs> like we, we need to be pumped up and and I, I think it's a difficult i don't know like it's a generational thing i think it's a distraction thing it's a lot of things the other point i wanted to make is that um we are not good at multitasking as much as we think we are when we don't have our attention on one thing it's definitely going to another and i mentioned before about how i have a fear of the police there are things that we fear there are men that we fear and reverence and respect more than we reverence god and it's it's funny because like we'll have more respect for our coworkers, our bosses. We'll have more respect for our boyfriends, girlfriends, husband, wife, spouse. We'll have re- more respect for our kids. All of these things before we have respect for God. And the reason why I know that is because we put them over that we put them over Christ, right? Like what you have more respect for, you put them in rankings. We love rankings. I am a supervisor, but I'm the regional manager, but I am the CEO. We love putting things in rankings. And it's funny that like what's your attention or what has your attention or what maintains your attention is really what you respect and what you care about and what you fear. And one thing that I have been praying about is that I stop caring about people (laughs) as much as I do. My therapist has been telling me that I'm to be Christ-like, but I'm not someone's savior. She said, you are not Jesus Christ. You just need to be Christ-like. And um, I say that because a lot of times we will put, we will say like, well, this person is coming to me or this, that, and we'll be like, well, this is my chance to have a God moment. And instead of actually talking to Christ about it, or instead of like thinking about God in the first place, like we want to, like, I need to develop this more. I'm sorry, <laughs> but oh, I just good, feel though. like a so lot fine. of times we are replacing God with other things or we're replacing God with feelings or replacing God with what we think God will want us to do instead of actually talking to him. And we've talked about this so much, but it's just really true. It's just a drawing from me to like, I've been praying like, God, keep me convicted. Keep me conscious. Keep me like thinking of you let me put you first like that has been my prayer like you said self-evaluation because it's so easy for us to just be distracted it's so easy for us to be bored (laughs) it's so easy like and there's no reason that a person who is filled with the holy ghost should be bored there's so many things that we should be doing and i like i don't know like i said I'm going to get my closing remarks. Sorry. Let's not forget how powerful God is. And he's not just powerful, like you said, Mike, when he is blessing us, but he's powerful in how he judges as well. And we get warnings. We get all kinds of things. And like, 
we don't require my pastor says this all this time when you pray it doesn't require the room to quake and the earth to shake but sometimes god has to do that to us to get our attention because we refuse to pay attention to him and i hate that for him i really hate that for him i hate that he has to do something so drastic in our lives to be like hey i'm over here right right especially when we go to church almost every sunday <laughs> like like you mean to tell me that this part like it's like you come to my house all the time but you never acknowledge me mm. like i literally put a feast out for you all this stuff and you don't say hi you don't say like just don't no acknowledgement and i'm just afraid and i'm scared about if the more that we get away from christ and our fear for him I'm scared about how God is going to need to get our attention. And we do need to start thinking about where our attention goes because we are short focused. It's a generational thing. It's a cultural thing. It's an everybody thing. We are like that's it just is. the way our society is. is. Everything is so quick. It's so microwave onto the next, onto the next. I'm going to skip through all the commercials so I can get to the meat. Sometimes even when I'm watching virtual service, I'll skip through and be like, okay, where's the singing part? I do the same. <laughs> I don't want to listen to the whole There's service. only one service <laughs> that I listen to that I listen to from start to finish. But most of them that I scroll to, I'm like, just give me to the preaching part. Who is that? Uh, Spirit and Truth, Elder Mark Moore. I listen from okay. start to finish. Yeah. Okay. The four o'clock <laughs> service anyway. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, we like we have so much control over what we decide to consume. I, like, I, I'm even getting to a place where like TikTok videos are like 30 seconds, two seconds. If you don't grab my attention within the first couple mm. of seconds, like on to the next, on to the next. We got reels going in. I'm constantly scrolling, scrolling Facebook. Like, it's just little things that are constantly getting our attention that if it doesn't grab us quickly, then it's done. And my thing is like, you know, God has been consistently there for us. But if he has to be the way that these advertisements are, if he has to grab you quickly, if it has to be, you know how you got clickbait that's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Man crushed by earth. Like it's some, some like ridiculous title to grab your attention. And, and I mean, he has, that was going to be my prayer request later. You know, the Maui situation. Um, like, it's so funny because I was like, literally last year I was like living there, like, you know, for the week or two weeks that we were there mm -hmm. and we were literally in that area where the fire wow. started and like we went to greece in may greece had wildfires it, it's just it's insane <laughs> like, no what? place to run no place to hide <laughs> it's like god what is going on that song no place to run no place to hide california like had that hurricane or tropical storm and then my friend was like, yeah, and we had an earthquake the same day. And I'm like, what is going on? And like, we talk about climate change and things like that. But like, yeah, the climate is changing. Absolutely. The climate is changing. God is getting more serious about his time to come back. And, you know, the people have been saying this for years. And, you know, we always talk about that. And I used to listen mm -hmm. to everybody and be like, Jesus, come back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, they said that when I was young. That means he's even closer. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, like whether he's coming back today or tomorrow our lifespan is still short 
<laughs> he might not come back to the earth, but you might be going to him sooner than you think. And I, I think that's the reverse that I'm, the Uno reverse I do in my mind of like, okay, yeah, he's probably coming back for the church, but am I ready to go to him? Like that's that's how you have to look at it. Cause um guys, there was this comedian that talked about how our lives is in summers. And if we like, you know, like you live average 70 years. What four score and ten? Four score and ten. So three score eight, and ten. Seventy years. That's and what then you're by reasonable yeah. strength, <laughs> four score. So what we like? What are we? 30, 31, What is that? Got mm, what? Twenty nine? No, thirty nine more years. Thirty nine more summers left. Twenty twenty nine. Twenty nine. No. Mike, why don't we know math? <laughs> thirty nine. Thirty nine more summers. <laughs> My God. My God. Yeah, like when you think about it, like, dang, there's 39 more summers. And you know, you're, but you, and again, you're not, like I said, tomorrow's not promised. Like you just said, I, I was just literally telling Ron before the show, there's been so much death on my timeline. Mm. It's crazy. Just like even I was on Facebook before we started recording and Somebody from my hometown, of course, nobody would give names. Everybody is being very like, you know, I know, broken heart, broken heart. I'm going to bed now, you know, but somebody has been like, it's literally every time you turn around, there's a death. There's a death and you just don't know when you could leave your house and that's the last time you leave. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know when you could, you know, lay down and you don't wake up, you know, and that's why it's so important to like and my dad say make your calling and election sure you know because what you don't want to be doing is sitting here trying to figure it out you know even if you do get to 70 years old you know who's to say that you're going to be in in good health in 70 years old and able to make conscious decisions to live right you know or you're going to be in a good uh, in a good place you don't want the lord to force you to run in right and like and not even to be like negative about it. There's 39 more summers for me to make a difference. Mm-hmm. There's 39 more summers for me to witness. There's 39 more summers for me to make a drastic impact in the world. What am I doing with that time? Like, I just don't want us to keep treading time, treading space. Like we have to, as Christians, stop just existing. And just going around and being like, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Like, that's so dumb. Like It is. It's so dumb and tiring. Like, we got to do more. Like, let's not have an identity crisis. Let's be something. And again, it starts with fear. Mike, do you have any closing comments or remarks? No, I think we covered it all. I'm just going to just leave it with, don't allow the trend of church culture, even the trend of just, you know, culture in general, to keep you away from obeying God and and living, you know, the way he has said live or like Ron just perfectly put it from you making a difference, you know, like there is so much work out here to be done. The harvest, like even at my job every day, like I often question like, Lord, why am I here at this job? But there are so many souls to win. There are so many things people are going through. I can't even begin to divulge like what the things people go through on a daily basis that you could just use right there to minister to somebody to say, hey, sis, hey, bro, like God has your back. Like God, like just think about the things that we were to make a conscious decision about what we were going to do. And I know sometimes it's hard for us not to be selfish, right? 
I go back to what I said earlier. Like a lot of times our millennials, people born with from 1981 to 1996, I think our generation, we're a unique generation because either we're the generation that our parents dropped us off to church or we're the generation that got drugged to church. And so a lot of times we're trying to, you know, I know we're trying to deconstruct and we're trying to reconstruct and we're trying to, you know, get away from this and, you know, you know, gravitate to this and that's fine. But at the same time, like, what are you doing? You know, how is that equaling out to you being effective in the kingdom of God? And so I think that with our generation, because we've been drugged to church, we've seen so much and we've seen so many nuances of church and we've seen the church change. We've seen the church go from, from hellfire and brimstone to word of faith to, you know, grace into all of these other different sectors that it's almost like, you know, it's, it's confusing to us sometimes. So we can't allow, I think that's a ploy from the enemy to keep us from being, because we are, our generation, I can only speak to millennials. That's that's who our target audience is on this podcast. But we are probably some of the most unique individuals and we have so much to offer to the kingdom. And the enemy knows that. So that's why he's using every tactic he can to keep us away. If it's not church hurt, you know, he's using the way the church has handled racism. If it's not the racism, he's using, um, you know, our our feelings about stuff. If it's not our feelings, he's using some other vehicle to drive us away because he knows we ever can get plugged into God. We can never get plugged into Christ the way that we should get plugged in. We're a force to be breaking with. And a lot of times I remember growing up in church. I don't know why this would be said. I remember growing up in church to have one or two things they would say. They would say there was going to come a time when nobody would be saved. And then I remember that was that, that people would say, Oh, a church that's always filled to the brim with people. They're not preaching the truth. And I'm here to dis- to dissect that and tell you that that's not biblically correct because the Bible tells us that before he comes in Matthew 24, that the whole gospel was going to be preached to the world. And, and we still have a hand in it into preaching the gospel to this world. There's people that need to hear about your God. There's people on your job that needs to hear about the God that you serve and need to hear about the miracles that he has performed because sometimes the only Bible and the only witness that people will see will be you. And so the best testimony that you can ever tell is a life that's changed. And so I think that we have a, a duty to do um, if we can just learn to get back into the fear of God, I'm not saying that we're like shaking in our boots and I'm not saying that we are, you know, but we, we had to get back to a reverence for God into really that, that, that knowledge of God into that, that place of really being consistent for God, being consistent in prayer, being consistent in our Bible study, being consistent in uh, living holy, being consistent in fasting. And I'm preaching to myself too, being getting back to being consistent because there's so much more that we can do and make a difference. Like we said, we don't know when our, when, when, when God is going to, is going to take us out of here. We keep hearing about the coming of the Lord. And I do believe he's coming and he's coming probably sooner. We're closer than what we were. I can tell you that we're closer than what we were 20 years ago, but we don't know when we, when it's going to be our last time and what we don't want to do is to die full. 
And I remember someone preached a message of, um, about 10 years ago to live full, die empty. There's so much in us that we can share with other people that when we go away from here, we'll be able to say that Ron made a difference. There were souls that Ron pulled into the kingdom while she was here and they got saved. And then they were able to draw something. They got saved. Mike, when he was here, he made sure he told everybody about the Lord. You know, people got saved. People got baptized because Mike, you know, went over there and he told them about the Lord. He was nice and he was a light. And so I think there is not so much we're saying um, the fear of God because, oh, well, we got to get back because, the you know, we want you to, you know, start obeying and start submitting. No, mm -hmm. the fear of God, because there's so many different things that God can do and so many different places that God can take us if we start, you know, getting back to the fear and the reverence of God. So that's all I have. Yeah. And you said things so beautifully, Mike. And here's the thing too is that whether i like it or not we are the new adults yeah and our, our generation hates that <laughs> like it still feels like we're kids we're stuck in the nostalgia because we like it like and you know i look at the younger generation and i'm like oh like i'm kind of like you but then i talk to them like i'm definitely not like you and like like and the reason why I say that is because we're the new adults. We are the current church, not the upcoming church. You're no longer youth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know that that church is a little bit different as far as age, but you're not a youth anymore. And it's funny because we talk a lot about passing the mantle, but the question becomes like, are you stable enough? Are you consistent enough to pass the mantle to? And we had an episode talked about, are you mature enough to be in the room? There we haven't even got to a place where people and i shouldn't even say people because this goes beyond people that god can trust us and i think that's why fear matters is because like if i can't even get you to respect me like think about it as like a kid i'm, I'm sorry but these kids have been acting out of control like i know so many teachers and they just talk about how basically they spend most of their time on classroom management they can't even teach these students new things because they have to control the classroom. They have My to God. control the kids. And like, you know, the kids are just like, well, I don't got to listen to you. And then you, the parents, you know, we have, and nothing wrong with gentle parenting. It's a great way to do it. But, you know, then you have parents who aren't enforcing things at home either. They're not being taught. And so like, basically these kids really have nobody that they feel like they need to answer to. Exactly. And when you don't respect authority, when you don't respect people who are trying to help you, like it also reflects whether you respect yourself. I'm not going to lie. Like if you can't if No, you you're always, absolutely right. If you always think you're right, if you always think that you have all the answers, no like no one is going to be able to no one is going to want to deal with you. And not to say that that's the way we stand, but I think like God is tired of having church management and classroom management for us. Like he's sick of it. Awful. He's tired of trying to sit us down and get our attention. And like one, two, three, all eyes on me. Like God is tired of that. And like, it's time for us to really like grow up. Let's be studious. Let's pay attention. Because like Mike said, there's so much more for us. There is so much more. Like I really feel this so strongly that there is so much that we could be doing to change the world right now. 
And I know like it looks like you're like in your church and maybe it's a little dry or maybe you sitting at home and you're like, you know, I started this business, but it's not going the way I want it to go. Or I have this idea or I want to have an idea, but I don't know where to go with that. I feel like I have a purpose or I should have a purpose by now, but I haven't reached that. Or like, I don't know, like I just like I'm seeing all my friends get married like we was talking about earlier I'm seeing all my friends get married and I want to be married and it's kind of like well are you asking God what he has for you what purpose he has for you maybe marriage isn't happening to you right now because he has something in your singleness that he needs you to carry out maybe your business is not going off the way it is because he wants you to refocus it and revamp it to something that he wants to do that's going to make your business even grander even bigger maybe like your church is struggling right now because you are not fully committed to the church that you're at and god needs you to buckle down or god needs you to help them like help call a fast with the young people or like there's something that he's trying to get you to do or trying to get your attention for and we you can't get somebody's attention if they're not <laughs> if they're not looking they're not looking you know how many how, how many times i've been embarrassed by like waving at people and they didn't even see me <laughs> or like i'm waving and they're like mm. <laughs> and like I, I just really feel like if we take the time to be intentional about these basics recovering from the fall making sure that we're not receding back into sin because that's a basic can i at least prove to god that i can stay away from this temptation that i have or that i can fight my flesh because we don't be fighting our flesh for real and i'm talking about myself i don't be fighting my flesh for real Right, like you said, right. Mike, denying your flesh with the fast. I can't even tell you how many times I said I'm a, I'm a, oh, I'm a, well, I can, I can even tell you how many times I said I'm going fast. That's one. Two, <laughs> <laughs> if I do call a fast, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go till five. Mm, I don't know, God. Till like, three. I'm going to take it to three, to 12. Well, to 12, you know, <laughs> you know 12. I, I'm just going to fast another day. I'll start on Monday. Like we do, like we'll work out and it's something so small and we can't even get to that god i'm going to be more disciplined with my money oh the sale just started oh it was amazon prime day my god oh they knew i was looking for an outfit on Shein. and got the conference coming up let me go look at this outfit let me put it in my cart i'm just gonna put it on my cart like <laughs> we refuse to just deny ourselves of anything we just do whatever we want and that's just the like and that's the society that we live in it's to do whatever you want but i just honestly like god is just calling us god will allow you to do whatever you want if you listen to him (laughs) and i I can testify to that because like i like i can't tell you how many times i've looked around and just been like god i'm so thankful that you gave me so many different freedoms because i was obedient and you know, like I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have been exper- experimenting a lot in my 30s. I've had a lot of firsts, some that I'm not proud of. <laughs> but- <laughs> have your way, God. Have let your cl- way. Let me clarify this for the saints because the saints love to uh, make up rumors, and I'm not gonna have y'all here having me in the rumor meal. We went to Greece and. Um, in Greece, they um, at the restaurants they like to give you free desserts afterwards. And one of the restaurants um, gave us this. He said, "Gotta go." And with cinnamon and honey. And I was like, mm, "That sounds real good." 
got a guy with Selena Honey. And my friend, she was questioning it like, hmm, what is what was he saying? I was like, girl, I don't know. So I tasted it and it burnt my throat. And I was like, hmm, what is this? <laughs> And we found out what God of God was, and it's vodka. And oh. yeah, and Mike, when I tell you that I took another sip, because <laughs> <laughs> that cinnamon and honey at the end kicked in, and I'm like, oh. did you <laughs> did you finish it, Ron? Um, I didn't finish the whole shot, but I, I had <laughs> I got enough of the shot in me. And it's funny because like I should have looked at it and been like, this is a liquid, but I was like, maybe it's a pudding or something, you know. <laughs> like this is the, that's what I'm saying. Be mindful. Our ignorance is what destroys us because we just don't know. Like sometimes we do dumb stuff because we just don't know. You know, it's just so many things like that. And you know, I had to <laughs> normally if I accidentally drank something because I, I had did it one time at a work event and I immediately was like oh my god but this time I kind of took a sip and let it linger a little bit <laughs> I don't know I'm relax yeah 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 <laughs> that, that hard apple cider didn't hit but this vodka like, <laughs> like my, and that's the crazy thing too right this is hard this is hard <laughs> I just wanted to dispel some rumors amongst the saints about what the sister Ron might have gotten into but um <laughs> but it's just little things like that where I'm noticing that I'm becoming more lenient on things or it's kind of like oh well if it happens let it happen and it's like no <laughs> <laughs> no if you really your guide if you really stuck to your principles we talked about red flags before and like you know we talked about and it's funny because I went back and listened to that episode because I had to remind myself writing down your red flags and if you're not sticking to them why am i changing and we've been talking about evaluating ourselves and stuff like that and it's just like okay why why have i gotten away have i gotten away and why why am i pulling out my phone in the middle of service why when the preacher starts talking i'm literally in la la land not thinking about anything or texting my friend about mm-hmm. what we're gonna eat or why when the singers are singing i'm not in worship or trying to worship god i'm thinking about why don't they sound good (laughs) i mean that's not to say they shouldn't sound good but that's to say my mindset doesn't have to be reflective of what's going on i should still be able to give god glory like why am i walking in this church and the first thing i do is look at like this person crazy because why didn't they say praise the lord to me you know like it's just time like you sound specific No, I'm well, I'm the one who normally doesn't say praise the Lord. Sorry, Saints. But <laughs> I'm working on it. But again, sorry, we're supposed to be wrapping up. My bad, y'all. But um again, it's just like fear is the beginning. And sometimes we just have to get back to the beginnings. And um, I hope that we strive to become the remnant. I hope that if you're listening to this and you took time out of your day to listen to this, you really like after this is all done and you've turned it off that you sit down and like my pastor we talked about this before has been talking about meditation and like really just sit down and reflect and be like am i where i want to be spiritually do i feel like i'm carrying out my purpose do i feel have i talked to god lately about where he wants me to be am i staying conscious about what i'm doing am i just going to church just because or like what am i doing god what should i be doing like i hope that we all sit down and just ask ourselves these questions and God will give you an answer. And when I tell you that prophecy came in the middle of service on a mic, 
on the if, mic. If you <laughs> if you ask God, he will he can answer you right then and right there. And like and that's the thing, he's just looking for our sincerity and he's looking for our attention and he again, he's looking for our respect. Um so those are my last thoughts. Music ministry Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord again. Yes. Truly, truly. <laughs> we have, did not our service tonight. Did not we have a, a blessed service on tonight? Mike was My God. preaching on tonight. <laughs> no, I'm no. I'm waiting for the ordination service. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, you know they got the robes and the collars now. <laughs> None of that. None of that. Okay. What have you been listening to this week, Sister Ron? What has been blessing your soul? Um, I've been going back to a lot of old songs. Mm-hmm. If you like old style, like hymns and holiness, go on YouTube. Oneness ninety two. That's O I know that person behind that account. Do you? Yeah. Like I, I know the church that they're at. They're at way back Pentecost, and I've always loved them because that church is going to give you a hymn, and they're going. The whole church is going to sing it down, and it's just very unique. And they sang on 11 2022 "Wonderful Jesus." The storm is passing over, and I'm going to play that clip because it just touched me. talk about getting in a place of meditation these old songs will put you in a good mindset wonderful jesus like just it will get you in a good mindset will make you feel good it'll bring you back to that time where you were just sitting in the pew surrounded by voices and just being uplifted so oneness 92 thank you for what you do thank you for posting those videos because they have touched me um need to know by dawkins and dawkins old school throwback (laughs) very old school like I said, I've been going down memory lane. Nostalgia has us in a chokehold. Mm. But um, I'm going to play this really quickly. be honest i haven't really listened to all the lyrics to know what exactly we need to know (laughs) but (laughs) i just like the vibe it gives like 90s r&b and that was a great time in gospel music um lastly um a legend in gospel music has come out with a new single um a kurt franklin curtis (laughs) franklin has come out with a new song oh does he oh i didn't know called try love okay i anticipate okay. he'll probably sing this during a concert okay but we can listen i should to probably it. learn it yeah yeah but we'll listen to a little bit of it Waiting all day, love. It's so 
watch Try Love by Kurt Franklin. Um, all his latest, I kind of like it. Yeah, no, it's a nice vibe. At first, like when it first started, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, is this like the new like church wedding song? I don't know. But um, for all those young couples that are gonna be engaged this during the Burr months, um, but um, I don't know. Like Kurt Franklin's latest music, it all has pretty much like the same sound, which I mean that's his style. Um. I do miss some of his old songs, but this was nice. It was a great surprise, I will say. So I can't wait to see if um, some of the other artists on the tour could drop um, a couple of new singles before they go out. So I'm um, looking forward to that. That's my songs. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm only going to play a couple of songs um, today. So my first song, I'm going to take it back to 1985 uh, as a song. We used to sometimes sing at a church I grew up at. It's called New Life. Um, it's a pretty old song, but here it is. So yes, that was New Life. I like um, that. By Olivia Branch Holder. Um, we used to sing it for funerals sometimes. Um oh, no. it's so joyous. <laughs> is it yeah, right? Um the next song I want to play, I struggled with the next song, like what I was gonna um play. I always like to do like kind of a choir song. I don't even can remember whether um whether I played this. Christopher Irvin song up here. I don't think I have, but here it is. This is Christopher Irvin and um, Abraham's descendants all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina. Here it is. So yes, that was Christopher Irvin and Abraham's Descendants. Where you get the glory, it has a nice little bop to it. Um, 
you know, something to take to your young adult choir. If y'all still do young adult choirs, I don't know if that's a thing now, but um, something to take back to your church choir. Our clip of the week. Um, so many things that could be played this week, um, but we're just going to keep it simple. Uh, there we go. Facebook wants to act a little dumb. But um, this is our clip of the week. Thank you, Sister Ron, for this clip. Here it is. I want to sing it now. And it's to everybody in here that don't know Jesus as they say. I don't know what key I sing in, okay? It might be Q, but I sing in one of them. And it go like this. Hell is hot. Ain't no water there. Oh, hell is hot. Ain't no water there. No ice. No tea, no lemonade, no Coke, no Sprite, no Gatorade. Oh, hell is hot. Ain't no water there. Hell is hot. Ain't no water there. No ice, no tea, no lemonade, no Coke, no Sprite, no Gatorade. Hell is hot. Regina made that up. She made that up on the spot. Ain't no Gatorade, lemonade, Coca-Cola. Regina? Yes. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> I have many questions, but just remember, hell is hot. Ain't no water there. Ain't no tea. Ain't no lemonade. Ain't no Coke or Sprite or Gatorade there. Um, many questions to be asked. That was actually took place at a funeral. And I just want um, want to know if the person that was in that casket knew the Lord for the pardon of their sins. <laughs> oh, my God. No, this is my thing. No offense to musicians, but if they would have got with her on that song... It's a hit. I'm not even going Like, I want y'all to sing that at my funeral. I, I remember we was on the church bus, and me and my brothers, a couple of my cousins, we made up a song. We used to make up songs on the church bus. And our song was, um, Ain't Gonna Be No Air Conditioning Where You're Going If You Don't my Change God. Your Ways. <laughs> it was a hype song like that, too. Ain't gonna be no air conditioning. Where you going? But hell is hot. Ain't no water there. I love that. I love Ain't that. Ain't no the water there. Still sang it when she sat down. That's how you know it's catchy. Like, so, Mike, y'all can learn that from my funeral. <laughs> I just told somebody at my funeral, Lord, which Lord, I, you know, I hope I'm here for another 70 years. But, um, you know, please, 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 please don't put me on a blanket if something happens to me. I don't know if they do that up there. But down here, the funeral home always presents the family with a blanket with a picture of the person that died on that blanket. <laughs> 
Why we talk about? Because we always have these seconds where we talk about women <laughs> in our funeral. I do not need nobody walking down the aisle singing "I Shall Well Crown." I absolutely hate that song. Y'all, y'all have overly sang it. It's irky. It's too slow and draggy. I'm not into it. So please do not sing that song at my funeral. I don't want to hear it. Don't "I Shall Well." No, hell is hot. Ain't no water. That's what I want people to sing. It needs to be a glorious time. <laughs> Matter of fact, you know, at my funeral, I told them to have comedians there. Maybe have a clown there because life was a circus. Mike, not a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to be a gala. So you come in there, you know, it'll be a gala in there. You know, everybody wear tuxedos, wear your best gowns, I'm and just crazy. celebrate. You know, have the family sitting at the head table. And um, yeah, just forget it's a funeral. Just you know, it's gonna be. We're not gonna have your casket at no gala, Mike. No, no, you just <laughs> like the gala. The 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 viewing would be the night before, and then okay. the celebration will take place. Because you know now people they want to set their bodies up like standing up. Please don't stand behind the mic. <laughs> Please don't stand me up. Please don't do any of that stuff. There, I've been to a funeral before where they took the top off the casket and stood the casket up. Oh no! Oh my gosh, it's so scary. It was a bishop's funeral. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so that yeah. scares me. And oh my gosh, the clear see-through casket. Oh please, no! You I do hate, not need to I see not... me. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be viewed while I'm alive. When I was growing up, people used to have open casket funerals, so I don't know. But, but yeah. I don't even go view bodies now. Like you can't get me to go view a body. Like I don't even view bodies. Y'all not so. gonna come up to my body and be like, mm, that don't even look like her. Right. No. Or y'all not gonna say she looked like herself either, because I just can't. Mm -mm. <laughs> Just don't view me, don't perceive me. Just put me in a like I wanna be in those trees that grow. You know, they put your body in a pod and they grow yeah. into a tree. Just do me like that. But yes, okay, sorry. Prayer requests, praise reports, closing remarks. Again, I just want to remind you prophets that um I'm watching y'all. Um I'm gonna always be hard on y'all because y'all only see uh what y'all wanna see and y'all never see nothing spiritual. And two, you know, I might can't see sin, but I can smell sin. So you just remember that, you know, I might can't, might can't see sin, but I can still smell it. Amen. And it stinks. My God. Um, I have a few announcements first. I would like to say that COVID has started up again. Yes. Um, please wear y'all mask. Like, if you're sick. I don't want to see you just coughing up. Y'all not, have we learned nothing? Cover your mouth. Turn into your elbow and cough. Wear a mask. Like, stop exposing us to all kinds of stuff. Wash your hands infrequently. Like, it's it's getting out of hand. It's like we all haven't learned our lesson. Oh, no, people haven't learned their lesson. Like, I've, I've had to remind my new hires at work, like, wear your mask when you're out there on the floor working because... It's like a thousand of y'all out there. And uh, yeah, no. Uh -uh. I just got to say that if we go into quarantine again, which we're probably Please not. Please don't say that. Please don't say that. We're probably not. I couldn't imagine. I don't think people could tolerate it ever again, which is actually really sad to me because even if people are dying, we probably not going to be locked down. But two, y'all not getting stimulus checks. So at this point, you don't get paid time off for being sick. So let's get it together. Let's get it together. Yes. And and you should be washing your hands anyway 
when you use the bathroom. I can't tell you how many times I'm at work and I see people walk straight out the stall. Oh, no. And out the bathroom. Mm-mm, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. But anyway, um, my second kind of remark is congratulations, Shakari Richardson. Congrats, Shakari. I just I'm saying this because I feel like there's so many times that, particularly as Black people, we get put on this pedestal with a lot of pressure. And when we don't arise to the occasion, we feel like we have disappointed everybody or, and sometimes you just need to, sometimes the failure helps us break free of people's perception of us because it can be drowning. And so I'm so glad that she made a comeback from a few years ago while we were talking about the fact that she was tested for positive for marijuana and she was as hopeful for the Olympics and she wasn't able to participate. And this woman has now been crowned on one of the fastest women in the world. And just like, it's been like, what, three years different. And that just goes to show that, you know, maybe you're in a place right now. It's a lot of pressure on you, whatever. Sometimes like, and maybe you fail, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can still make this comeback because Shikari did it. And I'm very proud of her. And I'm very proud for all the black women. Simone Biles is back to gymnastics. Like I'm so proud of all these people who were placed in places where there was a lot of pressure and they're making a comeback. And it's okay to take time and take a break to get yourself together to make a comeback. Lastly, again, like I mentioned, we wanna keep the families in Maui. I think the latest number said the 388 people are missing. Yep, I heard that yesterday. And just like the island isn't that big it's really one way in one way out from lehana so to have a fire to know that people were just swimming around in the ocean basically for hours trying to survive because it couldn't be on land because like of the fire it's just it's heartbreaking it's sad it sounds like the county is suing their power lines or their energy company because they didn't control their lines and check their lines which is is horrible um, but let's keep those families in prayer. Let's pray if, if God has a miracle for us, that there is a miracle. Let's pray for those who are left to help rebuild the island. Um, and that's really it. So, Mike, you want to close? Sure. Um, all hearts and minds are clear. May the Lord. May the Lord. Watch between. Watch between. Me and thee. Me and thee. While we're absent. While we're absent. One from another. One from another. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody loves somebody. Love somebody. And don't forget God, okay? Sorry, don't forget God. <laughs> Bye, y'all. My life was church and all it. I'm a pew baby.